I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of Exposure 4. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Hey everybody and welcome to our podcast, Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lassie along with my good buddy Chief John Salka. John, we're sitting in our hotel in Edmonton, Canada here, getting ready to teach a program for our good buddy Brad at the Mournville Fire Department. Uh, Brad's a good guy. Um, he's excited. We're getting tonight and tomorrow, but um, got to see a good fire down the street. Absolutely, absolutely. I missed the fire. You saw it. I just saw the end of it. But uh, yeah, here we are in Edmonton getting ready for a uh, basically a two-day program, but... Uh, we're, we're both on tomorrow, and we traveled up together, which was fun as well. Always fun traveling with your bud, and uh, whether it be driving or flying or whatever. But uh, b- back to our, our podcast here, old school. We came up, we came up with a name. This is something that we're just we're just jumping into, and uh, and boy, I tell you what, if you see a picture of me and Lasky, look at us. It's old school. You just look at old school, <laughs> and you see us. You know. So uh, we thought about that, but but really, you know. Not a negative thing, but rather a positive thing. I, I, I've been called old school before, and I've always taken it as a uh, as a compliment. And the reason is, well, number one, I'm 61 years old, which is not old. We were just talking about who are we talking about today, Vinny Dunn. Vinny Dunn. Vinny Dunn's out there still working, still writing, still visiting, still teaching. He's 84 years what old. What an amazing man. What right? an amazing man. One of my idols. But, but you know what? Old school, a lot of the stuff I've learned, a lot of the stuff I've lived by, a lot of the stuff I've had great, great successes with, and I haven't had all successes, but some of my great successes all have been things that I call tried and true, things that have been we've been doing for a long time, uh, and, and Rick and I have had this discussion over many different items, but, but old school seemed like an appropriate name for this new endeavor that we're jumping in on, and, uh, and Rick come up with it. I said, Yahoo, that sounds great, so let's go with it. So so here we are with uh, issue or, or, or podcast number one, and uh, we, hope, we hope you enjoy it. Well, and, and, and the thing is, you know, we were just talking about being in Canada, and I'm watching this fire down the street, and it always hits It's like me. he's got radar. It's like rescue has <laughs> got radar. I'm in the room watching this old house. He calls me up, hey, there's a fire. <laughs> well, and it was good ahead of you. We're going to see it's a good strip mall, I mean, good fire through the roof and everything else. I thought this place was on fire. But um, but but that being said, you know, we, we mentioned being up here in Canada, and, and, and I've said it before, the only difference between the fire service in the States and the fire service in Canada, as well as other places, especially through Canada and the United States, is a blurry line on a map. You know, the same people, same fire service, same brothers and sisters, same 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 great things, same bad things going on. I mean, it's just, you know. But I think but I think the fires are bigger. I think the buildings are bigger because they use the metric system and, and, we, and we use the old system. That could be true. Ask me trying to keep my uh, my speed limit uh, where it should be coming here. But but no, I was sitting there thinking about that. I'm going, and I'm watching that fire, John, and I'm saying, you know, me and my, being the, we're both history buffs and, and, and the different things we talk about with the history of the fire service, but how far we've come, but yet 
how, how much we've stayed the same. And you, you, know, you tell that story all the time. It's a great story. You've told it in many classes about you know all this all, you know m many years of experience without any without any what, what do they say 30, 300 years of experience. Oh God, that. don't give my my first my no, first. No, I bring it up because you, you you dispel it very nicely with well, your story. And John, it's it, I did that was my first um, blog with Firefighter Nation, and I titled it uh, "150 Years of Tradition." You know, you know, unappealed by progress, and I'm, and I'm like, you know, when I review articles for fire engineering, when somebody puts that in, they go, see, three thousand years. I'm like, I don't even read your article if you can't get that line right, and it's not even a line from the movie Backdraft. It was a piece of paper on the wall in the kitchen of a firehouse, and my point with it was, and I said, 150 years of tradition, unappealed by progress, the ultimate insult. And what I meant by that was, and don't get me wrong, to our listeners. You know, John and I have a lot of great friends at the Chicago Fire Department. John's been on the show Chicago Fire. We don't have to tell you that again. But that being said, some of my greatest mentors, um, Chicago is an extremely progressive fire department. Um, they know what they're doing. When you see them up, up, up on town a roof, you know, up on town a roof, and they're cutting, and everybody's like, oh, they should get off that. They know their roofs. They know where they should be and where they shouldn't be. They know their stuff. You were very close with, with, with guys from oh, Chicago. Rode around. Best man at my wedding, Ray Hoff. Um, you know, so, so when you say that about Chicago, I'm like, no, Chicago's one of the most progressive groups I know. What what gets me going is the insult to the fire services. You and I say this all the time. Some of the most progressive people we know are firefighters, and 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 I tell people in my article, the blog was, you know, take a walk out on your out on your apparatus floor. Look at the technology, the design. The specifications that go into just building a pumper or a ladder truck nowadays, let alone an ambulance, brush truck, or special rig, or whatever. Really, 150 years of tradition unappealed by progress. Look at our SCBAs nowadays, past devices. Look at our turnout gear, protective clothing, radios, how we're even dispatched. Everything that goes into being a firefighter, really 150, right. you know, don't, and, I, and John, I tell people all the time, don't, don't, don't confuse someone who's a little bit, slow to change because they've been bullshitted before by someone said hey this is the latest greatest thing and it didn't right, right. you know because there's a lot of new stuff that's coming out that's wonderful that look look at we'd still be riding horses and pulling stuff behind us if the fire service let, listen let, i and, and i couldn't agree with you more and, and you and i have had this discussion many times w w amongst ourselves and with others uh, I, I love telling my Rescue 3 story. And I was a firefighter many years ago in Rescue 3 with, with John Norman and a and, and bunch, bunch of Jay other Jonas. guys. Jay Jonas. Jay Jonas, Nick Giordano. Pete Lund. Pete Lund. I mean, guys guys that, that just, I just love Nikki, them. I love Nikki. And uh, <clears throat> I remember when Marty McTeague, Marty was a lieutenant there at the time. Marty had been previously a firefighter in Rescue 2, made lieutenant, ended up up in Rescue 3. Great, great, soft-spoken guy, if you can hear me. Marty always spoke very softly. We used to say in the radio once in a while, speak up a little bit, speak up, come on, we can't hear you, you know. But uh, Marty McTeague shows up one day with a black, you know, canvas bag, and inside was the original, one of the one of the first rabbit tools, one of the oh, first yeah, hydraulic yeah. forcible entry tools. And it was from a buddy of his, a front, personal friend of his, who actually developed and built it down in Maryland. I don't recall what county fire department he was in, like Fairfax County or one of those counties down there, and, I, and I'm sorry for not knowing that, but... Uh, but he brought it up and said, gee, my, my buddy, you know, developed this, put it together. This is sort of a, a trial. Look, he, he figured we could use it up here in Rescue 3. So he brought it in, he showed us. I was one of the new breed at the time in Rescue 3. I was one of the new young guys. There was a bunch of old buffaloes there. Talk about old school. They made me look like an astronaut, you know. And But anyway, and we put it on the rig and we said, yeah, we'll drag it along and see what we can do. You know, we'll try it when we can. And I remember the first run we got on the rig. 
They got out ahead of me, all the old guys. I was like one of the last guys to climb on the back. It was one of the rescues you get in off the back, the FDNY rescue trucks. And as I'm climbing into the box, I sit down on the bench. And just as we start to roll out, that, that black bag went past my nose, about, a, about an inch and a half off my nose, passed me by, went out the back door, landed on the apparatus floor, and the door went down, and we drove away. They were not interested in carrying that tool. They were not interested in trying that tool. We know how to force doors. Look at our bent-up fingers. We know what we're doing. And, and my God, they did. They could have forced any door in the world, those, those men. But eventually, it did stay on the rig. Eventually, we did bring it up. And today, it's a staple. I mean, a, a rabbit tool or a forceful entry tool, hydraulic, uh, on rigs like nozzles. It's, all and so place. much so, correct me if I'm wrong, so much so that Halligan skills for force indoors ended up suffering a little bit because it became such an easy tool to use that one of the old tools from Chief Hugh Halligan from the FDNY, one of the most versatile tools. <laughs> one of the most versatile tools still today, yes. um, you know, kind of took a back seat and certain, certain guys started of leaning on the on a guy started leaning on a hydraulic tool a little bit more and sort of losing their edge on, on the old manual tools, on the old hand tools, you know, which was which is fine. If we get the door open, you still gotta know how to use both. You know, it's it's like the old the old saw with the axe, right? Guys start cutting with the saw, cutting with the saw, cutting with the saw. They do it for ten years. The axe ends up being like a parade piece. All of a sudden the saw breaks down one day on the roof there's a guy there with, with an axe over his shoulder talking on the radio. We need another saw up here right away. The saw's crapped out. And somebody said, hey, uh, check your shoulder. You got something right on your shoulder you can use, you know? Sometimes we get used to the new and we forget about the old. And the axe will always start. Yes. The axe will always start. So, you, and think about it. When we talk, you know, worlds colliding, if you will, old old school versus new. And, and look, you know, you and I developed two, two programs that were considered, like, outrageous and, and the concept was a little bit, get out alive and save and roam. When we start talking about that and the rapid intervention, fast truck, rapid intervention team, you know, concept, people are like, really, you want us to stand outside? You want us to stand? We're like, well, you do it You do it for a hazmat call or OSHA will find you. You do it for a dive call. You have safety divers. You do it for high rise. Someone's on belay. Right. And look at well, you even do it for an ordinary fire when you're the additional engine in the truck or at a staging area. You know, we, we keep people ready to go outside. Look at how far we've come with that, and and now you, you go back and you go okay, you know your your good friend Butch Butch Cobb Butchie Cobb from uh, Jersey City Big Chief retired from there, great great guy, incredibly decorated Vietnam vet soldier, um, one of my heroes. He should be dead. That guy should for what he did. He's just amazing amazing person, a great guy. Um, you know this whole, you know go not not go. We've talked about that before, and that's been around for a long time, but hit it hard for the yard, going in, not going in, all this. And he said something to you we've talked about in class before that we've done for like a couple hundred years at least. Right. And that is you can't save anybody's life inside a burning building unless you do what? Right. It, it, it was great. And I remember the conversation. And God knows you and I and Butch and I and Butch and I and you and, and Eric – Derek Alconis from California, who's who's on the other side of some of the arguments with me. I mean, I've had arguments, not arguments, discussions, agreements, disagreements, and everything else with lots of people on all the stuff that's attached to that. But 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 without getting too uh, complex here, yeah. Butch said to me one day, he said, "You know what? They can say anything they want. The only way to save a a victim, the only way to save a civilian that is either trapped or unconscious inside of a burning building, there's only one way, and it's to go in and get them and find them and bring them out." That's the only way to save them. You can put the fire out the moment you get there. You could you could take the old fire bomb and throw it through the window. Boom! Blow up. 
knock the fire down, completely extinguish it. And if the, if the victims are not in that room, if they're on the floor above and they're just suffering from smoke and heat, they are still suffering from smoke and heat. It doesn't evacuate the smoke. It doesn't necessarily reduce the heat immediately. Or even if it does dramatically reduce the heat, it maybe doesn't reduce the heat satisfactorily for a civilian or a five-year-old or a, and a 23-year-old mother on a bed to, to continue breathing. So, so, so Butch's point was so well taken. Somebody else just said something else similar to me recently and said, there's lots of ways to put fires out, whether it's from the inside or the outside or, or a narrow stream or a fog stream or this or that. But there's only one way to save people, and it's to go in and get them. It's the same, it's the same thing again. So right off the bat, interior and aggressive. I just saw somebody recently say they didn't like the word aggressive when used in, in Remember with, we, with the word I, I did, search. I did a blog on that, yeah. But somebody said that, you know, you, you got to get in there and get, get the victim. And that's, and that's an old-fashioned, tried-and-true fire service tactic. Truck tactic, let's say, but lots of places don't have trucks. But that's still a tried and true, old fashioned, what old school? That's an old school tactic. Put your SCBA on. Think of all the equipment that we have that is all built around us going in. You know, from our gear to our SCBA and our gloves and our, our helmets and everything else. So now, I, I want to jump off that for one second. It's directly related, and we can get back to it. But I, I don't want to forget this because it's not going to be a long conversation. But the one thing that upsets me the most about this some of these uh, discussions about new versus the old. Or... And I'm glad you're saying discussions because they shouldn't be arguments. They should be discussions. And if you're not mature enough to be able to agree to disagree, you don't have to call people names. You don't right. have to go out right. and all this stuff. You can have a good, you can have a heated discussion yep. like we used to have before. Tom Brennan said it best. Right. I don't have to be wrong for you to be right. Right. I like that. I didn't interrupt you. I, I like the fact you said discussion. But go ahead. Sandra Day O'Connor is a retired Supreme Court justice. And she said about a year or two ago in a newspaper article when she announced that, that she wasn't so healthy and she was going to sort of fade away from the public uh, view, she said, gosh, I miss the old days when, you know, she said, why can't we just disagree without being disagreeable? And really, that was my point. You sort of cut to the chase. You know, you and I have felt, you and I have felt the sting of being chastised, the sting of being criticized for disagreeing with some of the some of the newer ideas that are out there now, uh, some of the new studies, some of the, some of the new uh, UL things, um, and, and some of them are very valid, some of them are slightly valid, some of them to me are nonsense, like everything else is to everybody else. But the point is, everybody has a right to their opinion, whether you're old school, whether you're new school, whether you're some mixture in between, obviously nobody is, is 100% in one and, direction. And everybody's, everybody, you're a mix of what was old and what was new when you came on a job. You've said this before, you, you, I can't tell how many times you've said this, whether we're talking cell phones or talking automobiles or fire stuff. You said right now, where we're at or where they were at, that was the most advanced, incredible, I talk about amazing the thing. I talk about the photographs in a firehouse. And, I, and anybody who's listening, just listen to this and think about it. Whether your fire department's 80 years old or 250 years old, think of the oldest photograph you've seen of your fire department or, frankly, the oldest photograph you've seen of any firefighters anywhere. So I imagine this pumper, horse-drawn pumper with two guys with leather helmets on and, and plain old black, you know, rubber coats, no stripes, no patches, no nothing, right? You look at this thing, oh my God, it's gotta be 100 years old. And when you look at that picture, if just for a minute you realize that the day that that picture was taken, it was the most modern day in history on the earth. The most modern day in history in firefighting. And the same thing applies to us today, today. Whatever the date is, whatever day you're listening to this, today, 2019, is the most modern day in history. And 20 years from now, we are going to be laughing 
at something that we're doing right now that 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 they're going to have invented something better for twenty years. And, and one of my history books, I call them the my fire service history books, the ones that I refer, refer to a lot of students, John, is the Romance of Firefighting, or the, the Romance of Firefighting by a guy named Holzman, his nineteen fifties edition. If you're looking for that book, you can go to a, any book that's out of print. All you have to do is go to abebooks.com, abebooks.com. John and I don't know him. It's just a great website. Type in the author of the book title. Bink, it'll come up, whether it's 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 in, it's in big stores, little stores, antique stores, whatever. This book, The Romance of Firefighting, he wrote it in like 1954 or I'm, I'm really close. And towards the end, because he starts out at the very beginning, the beginning of the fire service, he walks you through that, to, to, and then to buckets and horses and everything. <coughs> Excuse me. And at the very end, he shows like a 1954 brand new American LaFrance pumper. And and I remember reading the caption, says something, I'm not saying word for word, but something says, you know, check out this new pumper with all its newfangled gauges and knobs and everything. And, and I'm thinking, going, that was like, you know, that when that rolled in the firehouse, people were like, holy crap, man, look at that thing. That, the big gigantic radios that we used to use, that was like the coolest thing at the time. Because it was a radio. The That's first right. thermal imager that was stuck to someone's helmet. Oh my gosh, I remember them. But, you know, so, so you know, and you said something about, you know, we've got good friends at UL in this. We do. We've got good friends. And he said a bunch of the stuff they've done has, has lent to science, if you will, to what we've been saying for a long time. <coughs> Excuse me. We've said for a long time. Please, we tell the police officers, be, don't do what before we get there. Don't right. break the windows out because you're going to vent. We've talked about a coordinated fire attack between water and ventilation, all these different things. So they've given us a lot of the juice to say, see, now we have that. Now, that being said, you know, I think we were a little bit too quick, ready to jump the gun with only half the testing done. And now we're getting more of the full picture. That's up for you as a, as a listener to, to digest. But we have always, from throwing buckets of water in, you know, you think, and I, and I, th I thought about that going, golly, you know, look at what we did back then when it came to attack and fires and how we did it and how we've advanced to where we've gone. You know, there's a lot of, you, sometimes you meet these old, we've talked before, we meet these old school firefighters. These old, these, 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 you know, these, these, these guys that are just been, they've been doing it for a long time and now they're retired and they start talking shop and it's like, it's like now. You know, searching on your hands and knees, you know, locating the seat of the fire, venting when you should, venting right, searching above the fire, apparatus positioning, um, you know, doing different rescues, throwing ladders, all these things that have been around a long time, you know. So there's a lot of great – I just think it's 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 where you need to figure out, as we've done over all the years, how to merge, right. you know. Right, right. You know, they're, they're, it's, whether it's turnout gear, there's been things that have come along and they've totally flopped. You said something before about you you look at what we've tried to do to kind of change the fire service and some things went well and some things didn't. I go back 25 years ago at least. Um, it was at a chief's conference and there one of the classes was, was the professional fire chief. And in this class, this guy in a suit and tie got up there and was telling all the chief officers that if you want the respect of the police department, you got to take you stop stop letting the firehouse look like romper room. Take all those pictures off the walls. You need to, the, the public expects a professional fire department with a professional fire station, and this is suits you wear as a as a chief. And these are power ties, and this is how you go to the table when it comes to budgets. And so you started seeing people, John. Remember this? You started seeing building firehouses that look like 
insurance like offices and things like that. They didn't look like firehouses. And then, you know, 10, 15 years later, the chiefs are like, well, they, you know, they don't treat the firehouse like a firehouse and they're, you know, they don't take care. And they people, and you know what, if, if it doesn't look like one, if it doesn't taste like one, if it doesn't smell like one, it isn't. And now we've come full circle. Look at almost every new firehouse being built. Oh, not all of them, but never say never, never say always, but they're building like their antique, like uh, their museum on the, off to the side with an old rig. They're old, the doorways, the lights, the bricks, the fire. The baffled doors for the apparatus yeah, yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 the baffled, yeah. Right. And they're making it look, so they're, they're kind of going, well, you know what? Sort of going around, sort of, sort of making the turn and going back. They started to go into the into the Holiday Inn version of firehouses with the private rooms and stuff like that. Everybody was hanging out in their, in their hotel room every night. And now they're going back to the big bunk rooms again and the group. And the group situation where people train and hang out and talk and, you know, well, and, team build a little bit. And you brought up a great point. It's, it's you know, in Louisville, we started doing that. We did, you know, the bunk room with the, the sneeze walls. Everybody's protection, not sneezing at each other and stuff. But we have locker rooms, male and female locker rooms. And I've been places, you've heard us go, well, we have to have the cubicles because we, we have, you know, we have female firefighters. And I'm like, so what are you, what are you saying? Well, well, you know, it just kind of, it doesn't actually help. It actually helps the wrong things happen because now you've given rooms of privacy instead of a big bunk room. Right. Secondly, what does that say about you? You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, really? You know, so so I think I think there's a lot of things in our in our move, John, to bring about change. And not change isn't a bad thing. Is is we've we've actually hurt ourselves a little bit, and and you like I said, you you see us go about, you know. 80 blocks down the street, and then we have to back up about 20 blocks. And, and I don't always think it's—I don't always think it's the change that hurts us, or the even 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 the concept of change and the concept of development and the concept of progress. Those are all very positive things. Sometimes I think it's the method. Sometimes I think it's the method that that different different people or different groups sometimes grab and use as as the way of getting change instituted or discovering change or supporting change, and. Then there's, then there's the folks that resist that change, and it ends up as a battleground instead of being a laboratory. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a way to present stuff that, that, that everybody should look at. Second important point to change and technology and tactics and philosophy is everything doesn't work everywhere. I mean, I've been a volunteer firefighter for over 40 years, and I've been a career firefighter in New York City for 33, and, and elsewhere, career down in Florida for a couple of years. So I've worked in four different fire departments, two volunteer, two career. I have... I have experience in dramatically different places, and, and some places that I used to work that I don't work anymore are dramatically different than others. You and I travel around, we visit fire departments, and we're going we're gonna to visit a fire station tonight, and everything doesn't work everywhere. There are things that are absolutely valid for the Toledo Fire Department that are absolutely invalid for a fire department 12 miles down the road from Toledo that's staffed differently and firehouses are spaced out differently and, then, and, it, and it's a combination department that has different sets of apparatus and different numbers of people on the, on the rigs. So the, the point that any one thing is valid or invalid is nonsense. It's valid or invalid depending on lots of other conditions. So sometimes something may not sit well with you. You might say, nah, that, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. And that's fine. And, and the folks that are proposing it should be fine with it not being fine with you as well because there's going to be another group that's going to say give me five of those we, we want to use those from now on you know so little little different places are going to experience different things and give and take and, and I, I, I kind of made it sound a little bit like a joke but it's serious as to what we're talking about to our, our, our message for this particular podcast is 
worlds colliding, and sometimes worlds need to collide. And, and I've said this for a long time, so have you, John, that if, if we didn't pay attention, if we didn't change, if we didn't move forward in the fire service, think about how behind we'd be. And, and I want to finish this one with, with this, and you've heard me say it a bunch of times in classes. When we have the old-timers going off about the kids, and the kids are called the old-timers dinosaurs, and, and we tell them all the time with the, when, it comes to the, when it comes to the kids, you and I both have children you know, that have done some pretty incredible things. We've got some pretty incredible kids that are doing some great stuff out there. A lot of that's due to a lack of, of leadership, a lack of mentoring. Some of it's parenting, how they were raised, but this is the fire service. You know, not everybody's called to be a firefighter. And, you know, as a boss, as a leader, as a company officer, if you're not going to step up and mentor and train and get them where they need to be, don't blame the rest of the world. Blame yourself. On the other hand, for, 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 the, for the young guns out there, the, the, hard, the hard-working people, the hardest-working people in the firehouse a lot, the, our, our firefighters, but for, for some of the young folks that refer to the old guys as dinosaurs, you know, because I'll tell you how many times, Chief Salka, you know, if some of the dinosaurs just leave, this would be a better place. Just to make a point about, and we've, done, we've said this in class a bunch of times, just think about this for a moment. These smartest people in the world are scientists. We talk about all the time, the scientists, you know, the, 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 you know what they're doing, whether it's in medicine, whether it's, you know, just whatever, weather, whatever they're doing, the scientists in the world are smartest people, right? The smartest people in the world are scientists still today study dinosaurs to learn from them. What does that say? The smartest people in the world still study somewhat the oldest and, you know, the most experienced. I guess I'll have to leave my body and my brain to science <laughs> then, I guess, you know. It's just, you know what it is, John, it's, you know what, there's a ton of great experience out there. There's a ton of people that have a ton of knowledge up here. It, you, sometimes you just got to find the right key. And how many times have we said it? How many times have folks said it to us in class when we were younger firefighters and officers learning? Is everybody knows something you don't know. Everybody. Guy that's got two years on the job knows something the chief doesn't know. Guy that's got 22 years on the job knows something that other people don't know. And uh, However, I would like to say as one of my final thoughts is I take it as a compliment. Somebody calls me old school. I, I brighten up a little bit, and I smile. I, I take that as a compliment that I'm old school. And, and, and I'm not saying any other, any other definition or any other group of folks in the fire service are, are better or worse, but, but I'm, I'm proud to carry the old school banner. And I bet you our good friend and mentor, Chief Vinny Dunn, you know, 85 years old and still out there teaching and making a difference. God bless him. I bet you he smiles too when somebody first him as old school. Yep, Talk does. about the most progressive old school person that we know. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's one of yeah, them. Maybe so. Mittendorf, but... Uh... John, John, <laughs> John Mittendorf. Hey, guys, uh, this was our podcast, you know, our podcast, Old School. Number one. Okay, Old School. Um, you know, we're going to uh, be shooting a lot more of these out on a variety of topics. Uh, some are going to be about stuff for the past. Some will be the future, what's coming down the road. And some of them are going to be, again, where worlds collide. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, it's easy. Chief Lasky at gmail. Uh, yeah. Chief Lasky at gmail.com. John? Chief John Salka at gmail.com. Kind of, kind of easy. So, oh, boom, boom. <laughs> hey, to our friends in Morinville, we're going to see you in a little bit in Canada, over here in Alberta. Looking forward to seeing you. And uh, if we can ever do anything for you, give us a holler. We always say this on our shows, uh, radio, podcasts, uh, hump day hangouts. Uh, we ask you that you please keep the men and women uh, in our armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. And be safe. And remember, never forgetting means never forgetting. God bless you. Thank you.